0: Welcome to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. I am your newly narrating narrator, JC. This tale is called The Heir of Drangoon by Joshua C. And dear listener, if you want your tale told, you can send it to multiplane tales at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Panthos is what they call me. Panthos of the clan of Drangoons. In the clan, only one thing matters. Strength. From the time of my birth, my brother and I were trained to become warriors that can represent our clan. The sun would not set without at least one confrontation to confirm my superiority over him. Fortune favored me when it came to the art of martial combat. My twin brother Sargon, on the other hand, was nimble, swift, and quick with his hands, but it wasn't what the clan favored. In the clan of Dragoon, if the clan leader births more than one child, they will be forced into combat when the youngest reaches the age of maturity. The victor would inherit the throne and lead the Dragoons to conquest and growth. Being twins, our training was notably harsher than the rest. To what I believe was to plan to see the hatred in our relationship. It didn't work. I loved Sargon, and the thought of having to defeat him on our coming of age day left me with many sleepless nights in my younger years, but it was a day that would never come. On our twelfth birthday, we were tasked to find, kill, and skin a giant moose that had been terrorizing our northern border. After days of struggling in the north, Sargon found some faint footprints. Immediately, he burst into a full sprint on all fours into the damp, dark, leaf-shaded forest. As usual... I lost sight of him. Sargon, wait up, I yelled. Shut up, he yelled back. I followed his lead and shot into a full sprint. I was trying to find him at this point, not paying too much attention to my surroundings. I tripped on a branch and hit my head hard. My vision was blurry, and it prevented me from getting up. I'll admit, it took me a few minutes to completely recollect my thoughts. That fall did show me the tracks of the beast we were tracking, and it gave me a clear direction to follow. I ran through the swampy marsh of the north, hacking anything in my path until I came to a clearing with a waterfall beyond it. In the center, my brother was in combat with the moose. Daggers versus horns. His speed was unfathomable. He was leaping from branch to branch using the trees as a springboard to increase his speed. He would hide in the bushes after taking a few slashes at the moose, then pounce at the moose to confuse it. I've never seen him this serious. He had cut two of the moose's tendons. It was clearly struggling to move. He looked at me and smiled. Did you think you would win the clan without an actual battle? It's about time you became a challenge, I replied. He laughed. I started to notice that he had taken some damage as well. He was constantly touching his chest. It seemed like he was having trouble breathing. Just a couple broken ribs, he said, as he rushed back towards the moose. This time, the moose retaliated and caught Sargon at his horns and slammed him to the ground. Need help? I asked. He just groaned. I tightened the grip around my sword and charged the moose. It was not as injured as it was letting on. It stomped its hoof on Sargon's leg and caught my sword in his horns. I stepped back, now realizing I had not fully recovered from my head injury. I could not react in time before being thrown into a tree. Again, vision blurred. I looked up to see Sargon in the mouth of the moose. He managed to stab it in the face. It let out a terrible scream and it thrashed him around like a ragdoll. Sargon! I yelled. I tried to get up, but I was too slow dark spots encompassing my vision as I tried to rise. The last thing I saw was my brother in its mouth being held over the waterfall. Sargon! I managed to ignore the pain and threw my sword at it. That got its attention after it threw my brother over the waterfall. It charged me. Full of adrenaline, I ran at it with everything I had left. On the way, I picked up a rock. It lifted me with its horns. I grabbed it with an arm, using it to get some stability. I used the rock to slam my brother's dagger deeper into the moose. It dropped me as it fell to the ground. Crying, weak and injured, I went to the waterfall to see if I could spot anything. I stayed there for what felt like days. As the final light of the sun was hidden by the cover of darkness, I rose to skin the beast and started heading back south. When I reached the clan, I immediately went to my home. My father was training. When he saw me, he laughed. Oh, Panthos, there you are. I was starting to believe I would need to sire more warriors. Where is your brother? I told him the story, trying my damnedest to not shed a tear in front of my father. His face showed no emotion. Child, if your brother was defeated, it means he was weak. He did not even have the strength to die by your hands at the blood festival. Forget he existed and bathe in your glory as the next leader of Drangoon. From that day, my world became a hateful mess. The sun was darker, and food tasted stale. I only felt something when I was pummeling someone. I was forming into the model leader that my father had intended. Over the next three years, I gained the respect of the clan elders. As my father said, the memory of my brother was almost completely wiped from the history of the clan. His room was changed into my father's training grounds. His name was wiped from our family tree, and he was never mentioned again. The last straw was on my 15th birthday. The clan was in full celebration for the moon festival. At the end of the celebration, my father brought out a box. This is all that remains of the disgrace of the son I bore. I kept it for you to burn the remainder of his memory as penance for his weakness. My son, you have grown strong. It brings me great joy to think of your dominance after I pass. I leapt up. All I can remember was the feeling of my fist cracking against his jaw and the sound it made. I grabbed him by the shirt. You can't keep pretending that you never had another son. I'm done pretending that I'm alright with it. And his death. And this. He tackled me to the ground. My head bounced off the dirt. He started punching me. Hit after hit. All I could think about was the feeling of helplessness of watching my brother get thrown to his death. Bleeding and broken, I managed to push him off me. I rose to my feet and made sure that my forehead made direct contact with his nose. He backed up dazed. I did what I thought was best and ran. I ran and ran until my legs started to soar. I then started running on all fours to alleviate the pain of my hind legs. I collapsed at the bottom of a familiar waterfall, dunking my head to feel the cool relief of the water. After drinking as much water as I could, I lay at the shore, staring at the starry Lonely, cruel sky. To be honest with you, I have no idea how long I was in those woods. Days led to weeks, which led to months, and I stopped keeping track. While hunting a rabbit in one of those winter months, I stumbled upon a small cottage with smoke rising from its chimney. I approached it. The smell of roasted seasoned meat wafted towards me. My legs automatically led me in that direction. I knocked on the door. No answer. I knocked again. No response. From my experience with the clan, I know how devastating an unattended fire can be. Thus I walked in. There seemed to be chicken cooking over a fire. Adjacent to it was a pot of what I assumed was a kind of soup. Standing over the fire, I could feel my stomach wretch in anticipation. Wasting no time, I started to devour that chicken. While I was washing the chicken down with a mouthful of soup, I felt a sharp point on the back of my neck. Well, well, well. It's not every day I find a thief in my home. I threw the pot of soup directly behind me and hit the assailant. I spun around to tackle them, but they sidestepped my attempt and struck me in the back of the leg. I fell and grabbed the nearest object that resembled a sword, a long piece of firewood, and prepared to reciprocate. Our swords clasped in a cluster of metal versus wood. With a heavy heart, I must disclose the dispute did not end in my praise. I was disarmed. Then the mysterious person removed their helmet. "'Was I really bested by a human girl?' I muttered. "'Would I feel guilty for killing a talking feline?' she retorted to herself. "'She was a darker-skinned, middle-aged human woman with short, curly brown hair. "'If I were to eat him, would it be the same thing as eating a human or an elf or a dwarf or even a goblin?' she continued. "'At least I should let you finish your meal and make it a somewhat fair fight.' She offered me a sword that had been hidden before. It was shaped like one I'd never seen. Made more for piercing rather than slashing. She gestured toward the chicken. I casually grabbed it and finished the rest of it. What type of blade is that? It is a ray. I took the chance to attack her with a sword. She laughed. Oh, you play dirty little tomcat. I immediately realized all I could do was block her attacks from piercing my vital organs. Her fighting style resembled more of a dance than any swordplay I've seen. That just frustrated me. I could tell that she was purposely extending the match. Just as my sweat began to blind me, she pulled a clever feint, gone under my guard. With a quick twist, I was swordless. One blade was up against my chest, the other under my chin. "'Guess you lose again,' she said with a smile. I brushed the sword away from me and lunged at it with my claws. She dodged it a little too easily and tripped me. With a mouthful of dirt, I stayed on the ground to not incur any more injuries. "'Oh, that was fun.' I guess I will not kill you for your crimes against my meal. I kind of want to know your story now. Curse you, I grumbled. I have a spare bedroom that you could stay. Tomorrow we can have breakfast and you can tell me your story. I got up and exited the cottage. I found a tree that had a solid view of the area and took shelter on one of its upper branches. The following morning, I rose to the humans staring up at me. Breakfast is ready. But? You cannot have any until you accept my duel. I sighed. I climbed down the tree to her offering me the same sword as the previous day. I grabbed it and struck. This time, not five seconds went by before I saw my blade clang on the ground. She turned around and headed towards the house. You have a plate on the table. We had breakfast. She asked me a lot of questions. My name, where I was from, why I'm there. I answered none of them and stay quiet. Okay, fine. I will not pry. For now. A few months went by and we fell into a pattern. Wake up. Fight her lose get questioned eat breakfast and sulk on what i believe was the first day of spring she changed things up a bit morning tomcat today if i beat you you will answer my questions or no breakfast forever and if i win well let me see how about i'll give you a prize i have adapted to her sword style over the past few months still mainly on the defensive but now i could throw in a few strikes without the consequences of death this time For the first time, I managed to nicker. It was nothing more than a small cut on the arm, but I was elated, then disarmed. Still excited about my personal victory, I rushed into the cottage to eat my breakfast. As she had done many times before, she started asking her questions. I decided to answer. I told her about my brother, the clan, and the Night of the Moon Festival. She was a great listener. Didn't interrupt even once, but held my gaze to show that she was listening. After my story, she took a deep breath. Since you have improved, I will tell you a little bit about myself as well. My name is Yena. Is that it? That is all you have earned. But from now, you will call me Master. Prepare yourself. If you thought things were hard before, you are in for a real surprise. She left the cottage. I didn't see her for the rest of the day, so I just went to my tree. Before the crack of dawn, I was awakened by Yena throwing rocks at me. Panthos, even in your sleep, you should be aware of your surroundings. Yena's expression was serious. She didn't crack a smile or make a joke. To sum it up, by the end of the day, I felt like I had just returned from a solo journey through the abyss. About a week into training, she started waking me up for meditation lessons. Something about me needing to uh, calm my emotions. She was my master for another week before I found a note on her door. Hey, Tomcat. You should know you are not the only one with a past, and mine has unexpectedly caught up to me. I'm sorry I could not get you good enough to learn more about me but that is also on you. I hope you have a blessed life and you could find a way to avenge your brother and change your clan for the better. Goodbye, Yenna Braxton. Anyways, Mr. Guard, that is why I'm in your human town. I'm looking for my master. If you could let me out, I promise I won't break into the mayor's home again. In my defense though, I was hungry and it seemed like there was a unintended fire. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Multiplane Tales. If you want to share your story, you can send it to multiplane tales at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this tale, please share it with your friends, family, and adventuring party. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Multiplane Tales for teasers and updates. Again, thanks for listening, and return in a fortnight for the next tale.